Matthew chapter number eight, verse 23, it says, and when he got in the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep, talking about Jesus. And they went and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid, O you of, of little faith? Then he, then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm, and the men marveled, saying, what sort of man is this? That's the problem, you're not dealing with just a man. That even the winds and sea obey him. Today I'm going to do as quickly as I can because you're gonna help me at the end of the message today. I wanna talk to you about fear and, and what's fascinating about this passage is I'm sure many of us have heard this preached many times. What I find fascinating at the very beginning of the passage, it says that he got in the boat and the disciples followed him, and behold, a storm arose. You know, that didn't read exactly how I would have expected that to read. I would have thought that them following Jesus, the Bible says his disciples followed him, and behold, I would have expected it would have said a promotion came. I would have thought it was gonna say they followed Jesus and blessings showed up. I thought it would have said they got in the boat with Jesus and opportunities come. But the Bible doesn't say that. It says that they followed Jesus and a storm arose. This scripture is letting us know that when we follow Jesus, we are still susceptible to experiencing storms in our lives. Are you with me? The Bible says in John 16 that in this world you will have trouble, that we are still vulnerable to setbacks, and as followers of Jesus, here's the reality, our kids struggle too. As followers of Jesus, our, our health can struggle at times. As followers of Jesus, we can experience grief as well. That just because we got in the boat with Jesus, just because we got in the church, and just because we called on his name, and just because we, we follow him and read his word does not mean that we are protected from storms in life. In fact, Jesus says that it rains on the just as well as the unjust. This great storm, the Bible says. This was a notable storm, especially for those men who were fishermen. You gotta think, for these guys to become afraid in a storm, it meant something. They had spent their lives on the water. They understood wind, and they understood waves, and they understood fishing, and, and this particular storm had a way of, of, of getting their attention. Obviously, a severe storm. Matthew uses the word in the Greek, seismos, which means a, a like, a, like we have seismologists who study earthquakes and seismographs that measure them. It's this idea that it was a significant, out of their control, horrifying experience that they were having on the boat that night. When I was studying this, I was fascinated to find uh, some interesting material. Pastor Tony Evans, who I love, he said something about this particular story. He said, there isn't just one storm they're facing, they're actually facing 
three different storms. Allow me to borrow this from Pastor or Dr. Tony Evans where he says the first storm they're facing is circumstantial. This means it is a physical storm that is outside of their control. This is something they did not expect. This is something that they did not anticipate. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That there are some storms that you face that were not your choosing. Just, just sometimes life happens. Sometimes the spouse dies early. Sometimes kids go through breakups. Sometimes there's just things that just transpire in life that are not what we expect. And so we find in the passage this is an, a circumstantial storm that is out of their control. The second thing we find is an emotional storm that as a result of the storm they could not control, their emotions got out of control. The Bible lets us know that they were fearful. And as a result, the third storm, fascinating terminology if you're not used to it, I'll explain it, is a theological storm. Theology is a study or a belief of God. So as a result, circumstances that were out of their control led to emotions that were uncontrolled, that led them to struggling what they believed about God. You'll see it in the story as we go, but they had uncertain circumstances. They had uncontrolled emotions, and now they're struggling with what they believe and what they know about, about God. Now, when you read the story, it's fascinating because the Bible says that they were in this storm, and it was so severe that the water on the outside of the boat started getting on the inside of the boat. Now, I'm not, uh, you know, a boatsman by any source, but I'm pretty sure you can't have a whole lot of that going on <laughs> when you're in a boat, that the water on the outside begin to get on the inside. Isn't it interesting that when you're facing storms, it's one thing when it's at somebody else's house. It's different when it gets in your house. It's something when it's somebody else's family, but, but when division comes into your family, storms seem a whole lot different. It, it's one thing to, to see some other church have a moment and have some struggles, but it's different when it's your church that has some struggles and has some moments. It, it's one thing when you see somebody else's daughter on Facebook struggling with something, but when it's your daughter, am I talking to anybody this morning that knows what, it's talk, what I'm talking about? That storms can come. They were, in essence, saying this storm is bigger than we can handle, that we don't know what to do with this, and it looked like they were going to go under, and the Bible says they were afraid. And I want you to think about this for a few moments. Storms come in different ways and look different ways, and we experience things in, in different ways. And we can look around the room, and just even as I'm looking around now, I know some of your stories, and you've gone through some storms that no doubt could induce some serious fear. There's people in this room I know who have had cancer treatments and no doubt there's fear. People in this room right now who have lost a spouse. One particular woman told me on the phone that yes, I want to trust God but it's still scary. It's still scary. Real fear that people people face. In this room, there's people maybe worried about the economy or social unrest. Maybe some in this room feeling the fear of rejection and the fear of failure. Maybe the fear of change. For some, it's fear of COVID or fear of losing your job or fear of being alone, fear of what the doctor said, fear of what the judge is gonna say. We, there's just so many things that seem to get in our boat from time to time. 
storms that we face and things we don't expect. And the interesting thing that when storms come and we feel this uncontrollable uh, response of fear, it seems, it seems uncontrollable, let me say it like that. When we feel fear because of these uncontrollable situations, fear does a couple of things that I just wanna get your attention with today. Number one, fear will make problems bigger than they are. Fear will make problems bigger than they are. I recently read a study done uh, by a bunch of psychologists in the, at the Ohio State University, and they did a study, and they took tarantulas. They took 57 people, and they put them in a room, and they put a tarantulas in a fish tank type thing with no top, and kept those individuals 12 feet away. Now, all of them said they were fearful of spiders, there were some that were more fearful than others. They kept them 12 feet away. And then they moved them closer. And they gave them an eight inch stick to poke the spiders. Okay? How many of you already think that's insane? Just already? I was in Haiti a few years ago and I saw two real life tarantulas in the wild. And I'm never going back. <laughs> never going back. There's things I've seen here that I'm not sure why we live here. There are, there's, I'm getting off topic, but we gotta talk about this water bug thing. You know what I'm talking about, a water bug? Who knows what a water bug is? Up home, that's called a cockroach. I saw one in my house. I almost burnt the whole house down. We need to move, we need to never, if I ever see one of these again. What's crazy is like, it was sitting at the table eating cereal with the kids. I'm like, what is this? because fear <laughs> will make problems bigger than they are. These individuals with the spiders, they then tested them and asked them with a piece of paper to draw how big they thought the spider was that they were engaged with. You know what they came up? The most fearful person and fearful group of the 57 drew the spider to be double the size it actually was because fear has a way of making things bigger than they actually, actually are. It's, it's like these right here. I, I was digging in my son's uh, toy box for this this morning. But right here, it's like binoculars. They have a tendency, some of you ain't, some of you are asleep back there. Now that I can see you. <laughs> Guy with a blue shirt and hat back there. Beard. I'm looking, yep, I'm pointing right at him. That's him. <laughs> We're at church, brother. Time to wake up. Just kidding. But, but, but fear has a way that, of making things that are not as big as they are in reality much bigger to us in perception. So when we choose to focus on things, they become bigger. This is the result of us taking our focus and choosing to magnify our fears. Many of us do this every single day. There's some of you in this room, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna graduate high school. I'm never gonna graduate high school. And finally you graduate high school. And the next fear pops up, I'm never gonna get accepted into college. I'm never gonna get accepted into college. I'm never gonna get, you get accepted into college. Oh, you move on, I'm never gonna find a spouse. Never gonna find him, never gonna find her. 
Then you get married. Oh, we're never gonna have kids, oh my God. Oh, it's not, you have kids. Oh my Lord, what am I doing with these things? Come on, that's the truth, that one never goes away. That's a fear that never leaves. You're like, did I screw this up? Did I screw this thing up? That's why people have more than one, to raise the chances of not messing them up. Anybody who has multiple kids, if you have more than four kids, you were just worried you were gonna screw up the first three. And you're like, let me just up my odds of getting it right. It's just, just, just how we are. I'm not gonna make enough money, this, the economy, and we just, we just focus in on it. I don't know if I can raise these kids, and then, then you raise them, and then now, how am I gonna live alone without kids in the house? You understand, fear is just this moving target, and whatever we choose to focus on becomes big. And fear has a way that as we look at it, as we look at the things that we're afraid of, they get bigger, and they get bigger, and they get bigger, and I've said it before that if faith can move a mountain, fear can make one. Not only does that, not only does fear make problems bigger than they are, number two, fear will make God smaller than he is. Because in the story we see that not only do they overestimate the storm, but we see that they underestimate their savior. Watch what happens, Mark chapter four, verse 38. But he was asleep in the stern, interesting. Asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up. And this is Mark's parallel version. He says, uh, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? They, they didn't ask Jesus if he was capable. Notice the question, do you not care? They didn't ask Jesus about his strength. They didn't ask, can you still the storm? They didn't ask Jesus about his knowledge. Are you aware of the storm? They didn't ask Jesus about his know-how. Do you have any experience with storms? But rather, they raised doubts about Jesus' character. Do you even care? Because that's what fear does. The question for them was not, could he? The question was, would he? Because fear, listen, this is huge, corrodes our confidence in God. As we continue to focus on what we're afraid of, God just seems to get smaller. When you think about these, these men in this boat, they had a reason to trust Jesus. When you think about it, they had a reason to not be afraid. You would think, just looking at the chapter, chapter eight of Matthew, just a few verses ahead, the Bible lets us know that the apostles are there and a man with leprosy comes out. This is just a few verses up. A man with leprosy comes out and Jesus touches the leper. He's not supposed to. He breaks all the rules to do what he wants to do. He heals the man. They see that happen. Just a few verses later, we find a centurion who comes to Jesus and says, my servant is sick. This is in the same chapter as the story we're reading. He says, my servant is sick. You know what they say? He says, you know what? I, don't come to my house, just send a word. Jesus just speaks that he be made well, and the Bible says he's made whole. They just saw that. Not only that, Peter's mother-in-law. He goes into Peter's house. Peter's, mother, Peter's mother-in-law is there, and the Bible says she has a fever. The Bible says that Jesus went and touched her hand, and her fever left her immediately. Think of that. 
They just saw all that. They had experienced with their own eyes the miraculous power of Jesus, but when they are in a storm, it's hard to remember what God can do. Have you ever been there when you find yourself facing some difficulty and you find yourself fighting some struggles and you find yourself dealing with some stuff? It's hard to remember how good God really is. Max Licato said it like this, that fear dolls are miracle, are miracle memory. It's just easy to forget that what you're afraid of, God is the one that gave you the opportunity to even have that job. God is the one that, that opened the doors for you to even find that wife. Or God is the one that created those moments in your life for you to experience the joy that you have. And now you have all this fear as if God has lost your cell phone number. As if God is not capable, capable because fear just seems to dull our miracle, our miracle memory. And the Bible says they get so worked up. And they go to Jesus and they try to wake him up. Let me pause here and say this. Don't you find it interesting that Jesus is sleeping in a storm? Don't you find it interesting that Jesus is not moved by what they're moved by? Don't you find it interesting that Jesus is just found himself settled with a cushion asleep after a long day of ministry? He just wants to sleep, and the disciples are afraid. Can I say this today? Not every storm should wake you up. Now, every opposition that you face should wake you up and get you posted on Facebook. I'll just tell her what I think right now. Not every storm should get you on the phone with an attorney. And not every phone, everything should get you all worked up and texting your mama and telling somebody. Well, no, no, no. Some storms just don't need to wake. You just settle in and know, hey, this is part of following Jesus. That if I have the Prince of Peace. If I have the Prince of Peace, I won't be so moved by every storm that comes into my life. Am I preaching to anybody today? Some of y'all a little tired from Mississippi game last night. That's okay, God will forgive you. Jesus gets up. In the middle of that storm, he stands up and he says, peace be still. But before he says that, he looks at them and says, why? Are you afraid? Why are we afraid? <laughs> are you really asking this? Why are you afraid? And then Jesus said, I can live with that question, but Jesus says something that is like mind-boggling to me. Why are you afraid, comma, oh, you of little faith? Jesus is informing them that your fear level is determined by your faith level. If you have low faith, you have high fear. If you have high faith, you'll have low fear. He says, why are you afraid, O ye of little faith? Why are you afraid? Jesus was letting them know there's things to be afraid of in life. The storm isn't fake. But who you have in your boat should settle your fears. Who you have in the center of your life, in the center of your marriage, in the center of your, of your decision makings, in the, in, the, in the center of your finances. When you just realize you have God in the boat with you, that, that what makes you afraid subsides. He says, oh, you have little faith. Craig Rochelle said it like this. What you fear the most what you fear the most reveals 
where you trust God the least. I'm, I'm working through my sermon fast today because I want you to help me with something in a minute. What you fear the most, I need you to think about this for a moment. What has got you so afraid? Today, maybe God is highlighting to you this morning and letting you know that wherever you're afraid, you have little faith. You have forgotten that I'm in your boat. You have forgotten that I'm in control. I'm not afraid of wind and wave. I made wind and wave. I'm not afraid of nature. I made nature. Oh, you have little faith. It sounds like an indictment because it kind of is. Because God is challenging them. We always want to preach. I've preached this so many times where people, we want to praise God over him rebuking the storm. That's important that God rebukes storm. But I think what's more important in the story isn't that he rebuked the storm. is that he revealed himself to them. He revealed himself in storm. Hear me. Every storm, a lot of people think that the devil shows up in storms. Like a, a real storm in your life shouldn't be showing you how big the devil is. It should be showing you how big God is. Bible says, he, he rose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. It was a great calm. And they said, what kind of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. The wind and the waves, what I was most afraid of, what I was most fearful of, what, what I thought I was going to drown in, what I thought was going to end my life, what I thought was never going to... That thing is in obedience to God. And he says, oh, you have little faith. Who is this man that even the winds and the waves, you can see how they had underestimated him. It's like they were cool with Jesus healing the mother-in-law, and they were cool with the leper being healed, and they were cool with but when, the, but when it came to nature, they didn't have a thought that Jesus could do that. They had underestimated him because that's what storms do. That's what storms do. They kind of make you think about how big the storm is and not how big he is. You know, the other day, me and my boy, we were in the house, and he had these binoculars, and he, he was looking around at them, and, and when he was playing with them, he actually did it like this, and he looked at me. He looked at me. He said, Dad, he says, you're really far away. I said, no, I'm not far away. I'm not as far as it seems. I'm just as far as you see. I'm not as far as you think. I'm closer than it looks. But based on how you see me, makes me feel fun. This is what storms do. When you have big fear, you have little faith. When you have, when all you do is see what's impossible, all you think is God is incapable. When all you do is see how difficult it is and how, how, how I'm never going to make it through this, all we do is we shrink who God is. Carest thou not? 
Do you not see Jesus? Look how, look in here. Look how big the storm is. Look what's going to ruin my marriage. Look what my kids are going through. Look at my business. Look at my finances. Look at my home life. Look at my sleep pattern. Look at my addiction. But some of us are like my son. You're so far away. And if we could ever get the revelation that it's, that it's not that he's far away. It's how we choose to see him. That's, how, that's why David said, come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Because David understood something, that when we magnify him, when we make him big in our sight, when we glorify him, when we worship him, when we get in his word, when we trust him, we're making him big to us. And when we realize how big God is, we're reminded that, you know what? Think about this. You know, the same, in the same ability it takes to have fear, to look at something and feel fear, is the same ability to look at something and have faith. Because all fear is, is choosing to look at something and, and, and putting faith in what if. What if? And faith is putting trust in God is. This is who God said, that God is a healer and God, God is a helper and he is my ever-present help in time of trouble and need. And even if the earth is removed into the sea, the Bible says he is there to help me. But if we're not careful, we just, we just look through this lens and see what God can't do. Things that can't change. Things that will never improve. Things that will never get better. I told my son, I said, son, turn it around. He turned it around. He goes, oh, there you are. That's my prayer for you today, is that you turn it around. And that you'll look back and you'll say, there he is. He'd been there the whole time. It wasn't that he wasn't there. It's just I didn't have faith in what he could do. Do you not care that we're going to perish? I don't know what storm you're facing, and I don't know what situation has got you intimidated, and I don't know what's coming in the boat, and I don't know what's scaring you right now, but can I tell you today, don't leave this place. I've come to tell you today, turn it around. Turn it around. Stop magnifying your fears and start magnifying faith in God and realize that, you know what? If he's the one who can settle storms with just speaking a word, if he's the one that can touch Jairus' daughter, if he's the one that can touch Peter's mother-in-law, if he's the one that can heal the sick and raise the dead, if, if he's the one, what is this storm that I'm facing? Just turn it around. Turn it around. Turn it around. Turn it around. Turn the lens around. Refuse to have fear. You know, when you read that translation, or you read that verse in a different translation, it says in Matthew 28, or Matthew 8, 26, he says, why, I love this, why are you afraid? This is the Son of God talking. Jesus, Jesus said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Meaning that how Jesus is responding is exactly how, G, how God would respond. So in the middle of your fear, 
I believe God can look at you right now and say, what are you afraid of? Why are you afraid? Why are you so scared? What, what's got you in a position where you feel intimidated? What, what has made you second guess God? What, what has made God so small? Have you ever been there? I feel like I'm getting you right now. I feel it. There are some people in the room that you know you have just made God small in light of the storm you're facing. And today, I need you to know that you're going to have to turn it around and see how big your God really is. Because he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all ask a thing. Here's what I want you to do all over the room. When you came in today, you received this card that says fear not. Did you guys get it? If you don't have one, raise your hand. You want one? Our team will make sure. You want one, man? I see fear in people's eyes right now. I'm like, oh God, don't point me out. Can somebody help me out? Some people over here, hands raised all over the room. This is just an introduction to this series today that I want you to walk out of this place knowing that God's gonna help you fight fears and know in your heart and in your spirit that we're gonna turn it around. 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 The devil is counting on you and I to see God poorly when storms come. Did you hear that? He is counting on you and I to have bad vision when storms come. But today, I believe God's putting a light on it and saying, we're going to turn it around today. Here's what I want you to do. On the back of that card, I want you to write what you're afraid of. Right, there's, there's pins all through these seats. You may have to share with somebody. I want you to write what's, what, you, what do you feel is making God small in your life? What have you been magnifying that's not God's best for you? And, and what has been scaring you? Is it your children? Your children not knowing God? That's something to be afraid of. Maybe it's your marriage is on the rocks and, and you've been sleeping in different bedrooms but nobody knows until the kids graduate you're gonna hold on until then. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's your past, you can't let it go. Maybe it's, maybe it's an anger problem that you don't want anybody to find out. Maybe, it's, maybe you just feel the addiction demon just chasing you down and you're afraid that if I give up, if anybody knows what, come on, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid? What has been scaring you? What, what's been getting in the boat? What are you afraid of? Is it your health? Is it your finances? Is it your mind? There are some people who feel like they're losing their mind. I've talked to people where they, fear, they are fearful. They are losing their cognitive strength. What are you afraid of? And I don't want you to walk out of here magnifying your fear but knowing that the God who's in your boat can settle the storm can settle the storm but before he settles storms I think he's got to settle you 
before God settles the wind and the wave and, 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 and all the water coming up, before God settles a storm, hear me, he's got to settle you. Because what's more miraculous, God settling the storm or God settling us? I thank God he can settle storms. I think God can change circumstance. I'm, I'm grateful that God can do something miraculous and shift things that were obviously his engagement was involved in. And I'm thankful on the back end he did a miracle. But sometimes the miracle I need is not him changing the thing. It's sometimes God changing me. If God could just change how I see it, it may not need to change. So many people are asking God to change it, change it, change it, break it, move it. I rebuke it. It's got it. But maybe God's using it. Maybe God, because you know when Jesus said, hey, guys, we're going over on the other side of the boat. Everybody get in. You knew Jesus knew a storm was coming, and he went to sleep. Because it wasn't about if Jesus could face a storm. He wanted to know if they could face a storm. And he needed them to know. You know, he didn't get it. He could have got up and said, peace, be still, went back to bed. But he just had to pause for a teaching moment and say, you know what? Why are you afraid? He was trying to teach his followers that wind and wave is going to come. Things are going to happen. Water's going to come into the boat. But you're going to have to find in yourself faith in the God who can settle storms, can settle you. I don't need the wind to stop if he can keep my heart from beating. I don't need the rain to stop if he can just settle me and remind me that the same God who can raise Christ, who can raise people from the dead can settle my life. Will you stand with us all over the room? Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Here's what I want you to do in closing. Before I dismiss you, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to bring that card, and I want you to bring him to the altar. We're going to be praying over him this month, our team. But I want you to lay him on the altar. If you're up in the risers and you don't want to come down that far, and I know it's a little bit of a traffic jam, we got some pub tables in the back. You can set them on those high tops. But if you want to come all the way down, I just want you to come down and make yourself back to your seat if you can. Come on, I have faith. I want you to walk up here like you're waking up Jesus in the boat. I want you to walk up here and know that I'm turning the lens today. I'm turning the lens today. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm laying it down. I'm laying it down. I'm laying it down. I'm laying it down. Come on, let's sing all over the room.
like the disciples brought it to you and in our auditorium this is the bow of the boat today we bring it to you and sometimes we wonder if you're there sometimes we wonder if you're going to let us perish sometimes we question who you are when we're struggling in a storm but God we bring it to you we tell you what we're afraid of we turn the lens around today and we decide in the name of Jesus that we're going to have faith in you. So, Father, I pray over every man, woman, boy, and girl, and individual that today we will sink our teeth in faith and say, you know what? We don't walk by what we see. We walk by what we know. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And we trust not what if, but God is in Jesus' name. If you believe it today, put your hands together. Give God a big praise. If you're in the room today and you don't know Jesus, you don't leave this place, please. The reason you have so much fear is because you don't have the Prince of Peace. If you don't know Jesus today, don't leave this place without knowing him. He loves you, died for you, gave his life for you. And if you leave this place, the Bible says that apart from God, if you were to die without knowing Christ, we live in eternity in outer darkness, away from away from him, away from joy, away from hope, away from peace. And today, God is drawing you. And if you're in the room with eyes closed all over this place, if you're in the room and you say, Pastor Ethan, I need to know Jesus today. I need to know Jesus today. I've gotten away from him. I've backslid. I don't know him like I should. I've stepped away from him or I've never known him. If that's you, raise your hand. Come on. Come on. I'll wait on one if I have to. Thank you for that hand right there. Come on. Nice and high. Nice and high. Thank you for that hand right there. See several hands today. Come on, church, put your hands together. People saying, I want to get out of the kingdom of darkness, come to the kingdom of light. Come on, let's all pray this prayer together. Say, dear God, forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean with your blood. Make me a new creature. Today, I believe that you died and you rose again. Today, you are my Lord and my Savior in Jesus' name. Come on, put your hands together. Give God a big, big, big praise. Are you thankful for God today? Hey, listen, I want to let you know a couple of things. We're dismissing you right now. But on your way out, just a couple of things I want you to know. You can always give on your way out. We have giving containers at all of the exits. I want to say thank you for your generosity and continuation of your support to help us reach people in this community. Hey, listen, I want you to hear me today. Church is only over if you want it to be. Did you hear that? Church is only over you want it to be. So here's what we're doing today. We're going to be doing it through the whole series. Our prayer team is coming at this time. They're going to be lining across the front. As they're standing here, you are welcome to come receive prayer. For the rest of you that want to go home, we bless you today. And we thank God for you. Have a great Sunday. And we'll see you next week.